It's football and other F-words. My name is Zach Lines. You can follow me on Twitter or X at F-WordsPod. Still got to change these logos on here. Um, really falling behind <laughs> and slacking on that. And then, of course, I'm joined, as always, by Mike Herndon. You can follow him on X at Mike Herndon NFL. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to refuse to call it Twitter. And that's why I'm really trying to lean into X because I don't really care what it's called, but I do care that people hate that it's called a certain thing. So I got to lean into it because it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. The amount of people that are up in arms over the, the name change. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning all in. I know you're pro Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like the name change. I don't care. Like, I don't really care that much about it, but I find X to be awkward to use in conversation um, or to even like mention on the podcast, you know, and things like that. So and maybe that's just because it's new. I yeah, don't we know. Just gotta but, get to the habit of it. I think that's where it's really at. Yeah, maybe it, but you get it. You can't just say tweet. Like, whereas you could say tweet one would be one word. You've got to yeah. say post on X. Yeah. Which it's just clumsy. I don't I'm just know. Gonna I, call them X's. I don't, I don't even want to call them posts. I'm just going to call them <laughs> X's. Now, you know, I like to re X. And then we'll quote X. I think those are great. Or QP or RP if you want if you want to go that way. But I just QP or RP. Yeah. RP, <laughs> sorry. RP. RP. Uh, for repost and quote post. I like it's, uh, it's so re- I like RP. You like RP better? <laughs> I think it's just so ridiculous and I love it. And I love that people get up and there's like real stuff to get mad about about the whole Elon buying Twitter stuff. Read the rebrand is like the the bottom of the list, in my opinion. And, yeah, and I love uh, that, that, that he finds yeah. out that he's he's got millions of people that have blocked him and he tries to take away the block that turns around and doesn't even know the fucking rules <laughs> that are in Google Play's, the Google Play Store and the Apple Store where you have to have block it is like a, you have to have it if you want your apps to be in those uh those things and maybe he doesn't want them and maybe he'll just take them off there. I don't know. Elon ridiculous. Just like us not reading the user agreements for Apple. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's one of us. Um, speaking of one of us, Bluegrass Beverages is one of our or our only sponsor. And um, coming up on September second, they are having a beer fest in their parking lot. It's going to be awesome. Um, come out. There's going to be food trucks, all kinds of breweries, local beers. September second, Bluegrass Beverages in Hendersonville. You'll be able to watch the game while you're there as well. It's kind of like a beer fest tailgate, which is right up my alley except for I hope that the heat dies down because it is unbearable. We played golf yesterday on Tuesday and I like, we normally like drink a couple beers out in the parking lot. We normally drink a couple beers on the golf course. I was like, no, I can't do either. Like when we were done, I ended up getting like, I think heat sickness because I had a huge massive headache yesterday. It's terrible. It's tough out there. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is sweltering. Uh, speaking of tough, it was a tough scene on X when you X'd out, <laughs> when you X'd so out <laughs> and made the ridiculous claim that somehow, some way, this staff thinks that Kyle Phillips is wide receiver three. First off, how dare you? I mean, what what a fucking col- like, <laughs> colossal... Like disaster, the the replies were to that tweet because I mean, listen, this is not an opinion or a take about like Kyle Phillips. This is 
fucking just the truth. Like, which, which, by the way, it's the correct opinion to take if it wasn't like factual, backed up by factual evidence. This yeah. would be the correct opinion or take. It was last year. It is this year. It's absolutely mind-boggling. But like, what I actually said was, you know, basically about the Titans losing or being without two of their top three receivers. Uh, potentially for the first week or or maybe two, whatever you know. I and it, Burks may not miss time. Like so, let's just put that out there. Like it may be that Burks is available for week one. Um, but the amount of people that replied with some sort of just uh, like refusal Hate. to believe that <laughs> Kyle Phillips was the third best receiver on this team, which he is unequivocally the third best receiver on this team you cannot find me one single person and I've, i asked somebody this i said bring me one person who covers this team who has been to multiple practices who you know follows this team on, on that kind of level that will tell you anyone besides kyle phillips is the third best receiver on this team because you cannot find that person because they do not exist because they'd have to be a fucking idiot to believe that anyone else besides Kyle Phillips was wide receiver three for this team. And it doesn't like, I, I, I get like the injury stuff sucks with him. Like he's been way too banged up, um, you know, and it's been like random stuff too. I mean, you go from, uh, uh, what was it? The shoulder injury to the hamstring to now a MCL issue. Which it is, is a freak mcl injury to happen because it happened on a freak play it's not like oh well he was out there in a non-contact play and got a non-contact injury it was literally chris moore missing a block and a helmet going into his leg it's just it's just that is like to me that is just fucking bad luck yeah it, it's i i thought it was bad luck. and it, look it sucks and until he gets on the field and like can prove it I understand people being skeptical that he's going to be able to to be on the field for oh, listen, extended people, period of time. It, it's funny to me that people are already giving up on Kyle Phillips in year two, which hasn't really technically started yet. Right. Nobody's given up on Traylon Burks, right? Like everybody's, they, they suffered the same amount of energies with different severity, but nobody's given up on Traylon Burks. And I, I brought that up as like, so you're giving up on Traylon Burks too. And they were like, no, well, Traylon Burks has shown when he's on the field that he could be something. Hello, Kyle Phillips has too. Just be yeah. first off, we'll get into the special teams blunder and why I am so sick of Kyle Phillips being thrusted into a position he's clearly not able to do at the NFL level. But he should not get deemed as a wide receiver and a pass catcher for something that happened in special teams. Because what matters is what he does as a wide receiver. If this if the special teams department would you know get off their ass and do something, he need, shouldn't be in that position. But it, the same people who have probably given up on Kyle Phillips already, I guarantee you, they never gave up on Marcus Mariota. No, oh, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's the case. Yeah, you get him get injured a million times, Mariota. You're still my boy. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Phillips injured you know three times. Ah, he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the Kyle Phillips. And look, I, I understand, like, it's just one game. But we have seen one game of healthy Kyle Phillips, and it was awesome. Um, and that the problem is that I think people, that's all most people have seen. People haven't seen the practice reps and everything like that. And, like, even some people that follow, and you can see the, the clips that are out there, you don't get to see the team periods and stuff like that where he's making plays and things. 
he is their third best receiver. He is better than like, and look, it's not a high bar either. Like, it's not like <laughs> I'm saying he's way better. He's like better than someone that's actually good. We're talking about Chris Moore and Nick Westbrook Akine and like uh, uh, just clown show full of, you know, UDFAs. That's all he has to be better than. And he is, he is better than those guys. So it's just this, I, I don't know. It's like this reaction that if, uh, if I'm mad at him because he's hurt all the time, then that means he can't be good. And I have to refute the fact that he's, and I have to just say he's bad because reasons, because I'm mad and I'm in my feelings about it. Um, and like be mad at the the fact that he's hurt or whatever, but that's not his fault. Be mad at right? Chris Moore for missing that block or be mad at Craig Ackerman well, and Mike Vrabel for putting him out there and uh, in a, in a meaningless preseason game and, and put him out there at all. Like he muffed two punts. I don't care about a redemption story at this point with the special teams unit. And again, we're going to get, we're going to bitch and moan about that special teams unit for a good chunk of the episode. But like, I don't need redemption stories. I just need people to go out there and do that job that aren't necessary for other important jobs. Like, look, if you want to keep Hassan Haskins on this team and you want him to return punts, that's fine. If he gets injured, that doesn't mean shit for this team on offense. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean nothing. Well, I mean, I, this yeah, I means something. A guy like Eric Garrow or, or uh, yeah. a guy like Kyrus Jackson, if you want to put him on the roster and, and let them do it, I, I think that would be a good role for them because, yeah, I, I do think Phillips at this point, you know, he doesn't need to be taking extra hits and he does have value to this offense. Um, so I, I don't think they should be risking that necessarily. Um, and then, and, and look, I also think they'll be fine. Like, I, I think Chris Moore, if you have to play him in the slot, for week one, week two, whatever, however long Phillips is out, they're going to be fine. Like, that's not the end of the world. The Burks injury is a much bigger loss, but it, it, we'd also don't have to pretend like Phillips is not, wasn't all, wasn't going to get those snaps. Like, he was going to be their third wide receiver on the field in 11 personnel, and now he's not. That is the truth. That is just the truth. <laughs> so, it's just fact. Like, I don't see why people have to be either contrarian or blind to it. Mike, you've been writing for Music City Mir. You started writing for Music City Miracles when? Uh, 20, I think it was 2016. Okay, so 2016. So you've been writing for Music City Miracles since 2016. Maybe 2015. Yeah, it may be 2015. Yeah. But you've yeah. been writing for someone since then. I mean, like, yeah. you are one of the foremost, I would say, uh, accounts synonymous with educating fans on topics uh, that have to do with the Tennessee Titans. I think you're the foremost person. Uh, you've been doing it the longest. You're a mainstay. That's what you're synonymous with. How disheartening is it to see the replies to that tweet? And I don't know if you've gone down my special teams tweet replies, but there are some good ones in there too. I have not but, yet, no. But there, is, but there is something we've always wanted to educate and make fans smarter. How disheartening is it that a large chunk of the fan base, at least that are on X in your replies, don't seem to be that smart? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely disappointing when you get replies like that sometimes. And it's like, listen, and, and look, I, I'm not expecting like everyone to hang on my every tweet or anything like that. But like everyone who is written about, tweeted about anything about this Titans team all offseason has said Kyle Phillips is wide receiver three. Not, not everybody. <laughs> 
Well, there is, okay. there is one person okay. that has well, not agreed to that. And there is that, that one person was brought up in that conversation. I was like, well, it's complete nonsense because he's not at practice. He's not seeing what these guys are doing. Um, and everyone who goes to a practice will tell you Kyle Phillips is wide receiver three for this team. So I don't even think you should have to go. It should just be at this point. If you're following if you're, along. Yeah, yeah, if you're following along with everything that we have written about, talked about, said, watched anything, tweeted about it, X'd about it, put it on Instagram, you should know, looking at this roster and looking at how the wide receivers are employed, you should be able to know. You don't have to know, well, you know, they're going to definitely be, you know, Kyle Phillips is an expert at this kind of route and this kind of route, but you should kind of know that Kyle Phillips is wide receiver three. I just don't feel like this is, this is some controversial take that everybody made it out to be. Yeah, it's it's not. And I mean, look, it's it's one of those things where like and I had somebody throw out like, well, I, I will bet that Chris Moore ends up with more yards this year than Kyle Phillips. And I was like, he might end up with more yards than Kyle Phillips. I don't know how healthy Kyle Phillips is going to be uh, throughout the season or how many games he's going to miss with his injury, whatever. It's possible that Chris Moore ends up with more yards than him. But what I'm telling you is that if the Titans lined up today and they were going against the Saints. Everybody was healthy. And everyone was healthy. The three receivers on the field and 11 personnel would be DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, and Kyle Phillips. Without a doubt. There is no no debating that. So the coaching staff believes he's he's their third best receiver. He is their third best receiver if you watch him practice and, and watch all of these guys practice and see what all goes on out there. and he will be their third wide receiver when he's healthy and comes back. So it just, it's one of those things like it's unbelievable how dense some people can choose to be about a topic. And I think I, the only way I can rationalize is that they're just emotional about it. And they're mad at Kyle Phillips that he's injured again. And they're like, I can't, well, I'm, I'm going to just say he's bad. I'm just going to say he sucks and that he can't be wide receiver three, because in my mind he sinks. Like I, it's just the only way it can people possibly gotta be true. breathe. Just... I, I keep telling people, and that's I've been less on X. I haven't really been on a lot. I, I, I'm scouring, I'm observing, but I'm not participating in X very much. And, and that goes for any of the uh, social media platforms. But it, it, everybody's got to take a beat. There doesn't have to be an instant reaction to everything, and you don't have to tweet everything that instantly comes to your mind. You don't have to send a message that instantly with everything that instantly comes to your mind. There's a great example of that about oh, the God. Caleb Barley stuff this week, uh, but we're not going to touch on that. But I hope you know Caleb Barley. You know everything surrounding that situation. He gets yes. the help and gets support that he needs. Um, we're going to take a trip back to an old segment. We're down in we're down in the uh, the 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 bottom floor of the house in Nashville. We're recording. Let's imagine that Keith, Internet Keith, is here. DJ EJ and Mr. Lebowski. We're all in a room together. We're taking Buck's a trip snuck in through the, yeah, the side door. In. We're yeah. taking a trip to Mike's white wide receiver corner because I have to ask Mike. What kind of extension are you wanting to give to Mason Kinsey? Because you and Titans Film Room have made this weird connection after being proponents that if Mason Kinsey can't make it in the roster for three years, then he ain't going to make it in four years, that somehow magically this is the guy that they are going to choose to replace Kyle Phillips if he cannot make it, which is likely, to week one or week two. And 
I think it's just because he's white. I, I just think <laughs> it's what it is. It's not. It's not because he's white. It, it, it is because <laughs> Kinsey fills a very specific void. That yes, he's it's, the same. But it's not the void that you're thinking. <laughs> but it, he's the same type of player, not race of player. Although they are the same race. <laughs> He is the same type of player as Kyle Phillips, and they are going to want someone who can do those things. And that includes returning punts, which, which I don't think Kinsey's very do. good at, but he can <laughs> catch. He can catch the punts. Like, he is he is not a uh, punt dropper, uh, as, as far as I know. So, um, yeah, I, I think Kinsey could make the roster for, like, two weeks, three weeks, however long Kyle Phillips is out. But do you think he's and making the final 53? Or do you think he's just going to be the practice squad call up in reserve duty? Well, I think it'll depend on like whether or not they're going to move Phillips to IR officially. Like, because what they would do if if he's going to miss enough time that they, think I don't they think won't. he's going to go to IR. It, he might not. Like, he might not. I, I think it's going to be close because what he they said six weeks, Three, and you'll be estimated. heading into the. I think the third week ends as September tenth begins, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. So, it, so it's going you're going to be headed to the fourth week. So yeah, so he's going to return like maybe week three or week four ish, like if that time frame is accurate. I, but I guess the only thing that I wonder is if they aren't going to say, well, we'd rather just have the extra roster spot for a few weeks while and, and give him extra time to get fully healthy and be ready to return and all that, which he could return in week five, right? Like if they put him on IR, he can return in week five. Um, he would miss the first four games of the season, but um, if they do that, then they have to, you know, play the little roster game where they cut a veteran that they're going to bring back, and then they move Phillips to IR and sign the veteran back and all that. Um, so it, we'll see if they go that route. I'm not sure they will, but the the only way Kinsey's making the roster is if I think Phillips is on IR. If he's see, not, I, don't even I think, think he it's, is. Then I think that they're going to use that. They first off, they this this love that they have for defensive linemen over any other spot on their roster is driving me nuts. It's driving Mm -hmm. me nuts. Um, But I feel like that when you look at this roster and I haven't gone through and done my 53, because unlike you guys that have put out 53s, like every other day, uh, I've done two. I've done two the entire off season. (laughs) They're entirely worthless at this point until after the preseason, the final preseason game. I'll do one more. Just do one I'll more. Do one more I'll do week. one more. Um, so I look at it because there's a couple different things to look at it, and, and Avening just hit on one of them is that the the new IR rules, right? You have eight, and this mm-hmm. team loves having injured players. So I don't know if you should waste one of the eight on a guy that you know could possibly be bad. And we don't know really the full extent of the MCLs. I think it's a sprain. Is that all I've heard is MCL injury, yeah, but I've seen a couple of people a... say sprain. It's got to be a sprain. Otherwise, it would just because be... of the six weeks. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, uh, we know there's an MCL injury, but we don't know if he has to take the maximum six weeks or if it's going to be seven or eight. We don't really know. But you know, if it's if it's un, if it, they if it's not as bad as what we thought or what we perceive in our mind, then they I don't think that you should waste a roster spot because for those three weeks, if he could come back by week four, right? If he come back by week four without going on IR you can bring up certain players off yeah. the roster, off the practice squad, without having to pay them. Like, you could do Mason Kinsey for two and Kiaris Jackson for one. Because I am not entirely sure 
that the six wide receiver, when everybody's healthy, is technically on this roster. Because I'm not, you know, I'm talking about if everybody yeah. healthy, because they're carrying five, we know. Those five yeah. are Traylon Burks, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Chris Moore, and Kyle Phillips. Those five are at least making it to the 53. Now, whether they stay on the 53 and Kyle Phillips goes to IR, that's a different story. But I don't know if there is a wide receiver six currently on this roster that has earned a spot. I think the closest guy is Kiaris Jackson, possibly. Or but Reggie I'm not Rober really sold. I think, I think Roberson's close, too. But he's not doing anything in preseason. So, like, you got two yeah. games of nothingness in preseason. And, and and then Mason Kinsey yesterday didn't even get on as a as a returner during practice when he had a chance to. So, they're using Kiaris Jackson, Reggie Roberson, and Ty J Spears, which, yeah. please, for the love of God, do not use Ty J Spears in returns. Let's, I think he's going to be their kick returner. I, I think know, he's I, 100% going to be their kick returner. I fucking returner. hate it. It's going to make me nervous every fucking kickoff. Uh, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I just want him to be a beautiful running back that just gallops through the offensive line and goes scores touchdowns. I don't need him to be a returner, especially with the new rules. Like I just don't I don't I feel like they're over they're overthinking the returner thing. But anyway, I don't know if the wide receiver 6 that would be worthy of the 53 is on this roster. Now, what that means is, is that I kind of think that they go with five wide receivers, maybe sign someone else off someone else's team, and then maybe Kyle Phillips, and they then then they're carrying six if they don't put Kyle Phillips on IR. I just don't think that anybody on this team. My thing is, is that Mason Kinsey's specialty and value for the Tennessee Titans is everything he does as a practice squad member during the practices throughout the week where he's, he's playing apparently safety on some points and he's playing the wide receiver position, you know, the roles where you're kind of scheming up. That's his value because obviously the Tennessee Titans don't think he has any other value because he they would rather sign Josh Gordon, CJ's board. Uh, I mean, Hollister. all these, yeah, Cody Hollister. They would rather have all these other guys besides the slot wide receiver guy. Like Kyle Phillips is your slot wide receiver guy. If he goes down, I think you put Chris Moore in that spot. That's who's going yeah. in to that spot. I think that's but who's they, and play. I don't think they yeah. need it. I just said I think they are like, if we don't have Kyle Phillips, we don't need this particular type of wide receiver. That's the only guy that we want to be in that particular wide receiver on a regular season playoff game day. Yeah. And and I think that's true. And I also think that you've got um because I mean, you'll have more – you've also got NWI who can play in the slot. Um, I would say DeAndre Hopkins is going to get some stop, slot snaps too. So they're going to have guys that they can rotate through there. Um, you know, they aren't going to look like your your traditional, like, smaller, shiftier kind of slot guy. I, I guess more is a little bit more in that mold than uh, Hopkins or NWI. But – um, I think it's uh, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that they can put there. And I think that is the advantage of a guy like Chris Moore, a guy like NWI being on the roster is that you have guys that can back up multiple positions and that they can trust to be in the right spot, be lined up correctly, not screw up a play just because they don't, they don't know what's going on. So um, I think that's most likely what's going to happen. I, th I think they do trust Mason Kinsey and I could totally see them calling him up, like you said, off the practice squad, but, Frankly, there's not a wide receiver on this team outside of those five that you mentioned. 
that would be picked up if they were waived. So like you can get whoever you want back on the practice squad. You could mm-hmm. have four practice squad receivers if you want to. Um, frankly, I don't think the Titans are going to have anybody claimed at any position that they cut. Like the only guy that it would even be cuttable, which I don't think he is cuttable would be like Malik Willis. If he got cut, I think he'd get picked up. Um, everyone else that's on the roster bubble. If you cut those guys, they're going straight through waivers and you're going right back on the practice squad because this is not a team with great depth. So we've been talking about it all off season. That's, you're not and really worried the, about losing guys. And the only like team with wide receiver depth that is worth a damn is the New York Giants. They have like 15 different receivers that are all probably better than the wide receiver six here. Maybe some better than Nick Westbrook-Akina. I don't know how they're going to keep everybody. And there, there's going to be all kinds of different cuts. And the wide receiver position right now, despite how the Tennessee Titans view it and have handled it, is actually there's a lot of good wide receivers that will get cut when it comes down to 53. Um, I, I, I'm going to get to some Caleb Murphy talk because I, I, I want to, I want to get to Caleb Murphy because it kind of ties in to Kyle Pecco and I, and I think Murphy's of, on the team personally. I, 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 th- I think that you guys are going to be in for uh, some disappointment, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you brought up Malik Willis when we've seen two full games of Malik Willis with varying degrees of success. Now, I think you and I both agree that while Malik Willis has shown improvement, I don't think he's shown enough improvement. Now, what I mean by that is that I don't think, I mean, we were pretty much saying it all summer long leading into the offseason. I don't think you have an NFL quarterback. <laughs> like, I don't think that Malik Willis is a, is a true NFL quarterback. And from all reports right now, since the Vikings game, he's been in a terrible slump and been having the some of the worst practices. I don't think that he can really handle the rigors of being an NFL quarterback. I am scared shitless if he were to go in for Ryan Tannehill for any reason in a regular season game. He he puts the ball on the ground too much. He makes incorrect decisions too much. Kudos for him for improving. Yeah, kudos for him for improving and trying to get to a a certain level. He's just never going to get there. And we can't keep pushing the, well, it's going to be one year. It's only going to take, it's going to be, we all knew that the first year he's a project quarterback. We always knew the first year he was going to have to develop. Well, we just have to, now he's a year three. He's a three-year quarterback project. We have to see till year three. No, we're not doing that. This is this is how you, you get into bad quarterback situations. And the Titans are in a luxury position where they don't have to do that. And I ask you, Mike, we've only seen one game of Will Levis, two games of Malik Willis. Last year, we kind of thought that they may toy around with the idea of keeping three quarterbacks. I think we both agree that they're going to keep three quarterbacks. Yes. However, I think Will Will Levis is your quarterback too, heading, and I think that he and Malik Willis will be quarterback three on the depth chart. 
I think it'll be interesting. You know, someone brought this up on uh, um, in the comments on Paul Kowarski's website uh, under the article that I wrote. Um, is that the week. guy who said you guys need to make it free because the cost of living is just too damn high? No, no. This was a subscriber who was who was in there and uh, uh, commenting. Yeah, how dare we? Uh, Five dollars to be paid for work too damn high. Um, that we're doing. So, um, but anyways, the comment was that he he said, you know, do you think even if Levis is viewed as QB two, do you think they keep Willis as the active roster quarterback for On game day, so that you can have the gadget stuff available hmm. and make Levis the emergency third quarterback? And then if something were to happen to Tannehill where he was going to be out multiple weeks, then Levis becomes the starter. But if to get you out of a game, would they go to Willis? And, you know, the guy with the experience, uh, you know, who did it multiple times last year, even though if he didn't do it well, but he's, he, he has done it before and he could run some of this gadget stuff. Maybe you go to a little bit more run based attack to try to get out of a game. Yeah, I think I that's a know. valid question. Man, that is a good question, but I, I just don't know where I land on that. Yeah, I can kind of see either, like if it's like, like in the, the fourth quarter, maybe, but like the, the do, you don't is, want your backup quarterback to put the ball on the ground and have turnovers. And that's what Malik Willis does. When the problem also is that I don't like the gadget stuff that they do with Malik <laughs> yeah, Willis. Like, I don't think it's valuable because I mean, they, what he, he had more turnover than like big plays last year when they tried to do yeah. that kind of thing. Some in some like hugely critical spots. So um, I kind of think, you know, that's probably not worth it. If they think Levis is the better quarterback, just keep him active. Um but I thought it was an interesting question. I could totally see them doing that for that reason, um, even though I might not think it's the best idea. But anyways, I, I, I think Levis will beat them out. Um, yeah, I do I think, think they'll so keep too. three. And, and look, I, and I mentioned this this week too. Um, we've seen quarterbacks continue to develop like into year two, year three, year four. Like you look at Josh Allen, you look at Jalen Hurts, you look at – and I'm not saying he's like these guys or that he's ever going to be anywhere near as good as any of these guys. But guys like Sam Darnold, who, you know, is playing much better in San Francisco by all reports than he had in previous stops with the Jets and the Panthers and everything like that. So sometimes it does take these guys a little bit of time to, like, get it to click um, at the NFL level. And and I, I think Willis has shown enough improvement that I wouldn't cut him because I think there's still some upside, even if that upside is only, like, he's a good cheap backup for Will Levis next year. Um, that's still valuable rather than having to go out and sign Chase Daniel and pay him $10 million to be a competent backup. You know, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Malik Willis at this point. I think you keep him, but Levis is still the guy, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think that's where I'm at right now is like, to me, it's, it will Levis and, and maybe the injury kind of changes this just a little bit, kind of changes the math on it. Uh, if or the labels around it, maybe it, it will be quarterback to Malik Willis if Will Levis's injury isn't it isn't recovering or progressing like they want it to. So maybe Malik Willis is quarterback two, and I kind of sound a little bit wrong earlier, but I think at the end of the day, I think we all know Will Levis is quarterback two if Brian Tannehill goes down with an extended period of time, and Will Levis is obviously healthy. Um, I just you know I. We have talked, it's been dissected enough, like as a Bruder film, the the Josh Wiley um, 
you know, catch and the, you know, um, the Chigakonkwo catch and all this stuff, you know, the drops, I guess you could say that turn, you know, and all that. But at the end of the day, my, my big issue with watching Malik Willis is not only is his time to throw without the scrambles and sacks included went up again. It was looking pretty good, turning in the right direction then goes up. He just makes everything so much harder on himself. He cannot do the most routine of throws which not only makes it hard on him, it makes it hard on his pass catchers. And then, ev- because everybody loves Malik Willis, because you know he's nice. You know, obviously Chickaconco is beating people up, and you know Josh Wiley is, you know, yeah. he probably Chick stormed is, the Capitol or something. But like, Chick is intentionally know, dropping passes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but because Malik Willis is nice, it's always the the tight end's fault. Now, listen, Chig, if he wants to be the tight end that he is supposed to be, he has to make both those catches. For sure, but yeah, also, those are very catchable. Yeah. yeah, but also, if Malik Willis would learn to layer his throws, the second one probably would have landed right where it was supposed to land perfectly, but he doesn't know how to do that. He does not know how to layer his throws. The Josh Wiley one, I'm sorry, he's not Tony Gonzalez. He's not, <laughs> you know, Travis Kelsey. That is... You're tall. I don't know if you're as tall or taller than Josh Wiley. Uh, we're almost a, exactly the same size. I stood next to him re- at camp. We're, we're that is right a ridiculous claim that he has to catch it because it hit him in the hands. That's a hard catch to make that's being thrown 300 miles an hour, and he's having to jump up, and he's a fifth-round rookie. Like, we got to yeah. keep stuff in perspective on that. Like, Chig, he is supposed to be the next great tight end out of this, you know, these this next set like if you're talking about fantasy football you're talking about on the field so yeah chig needs to catch josh wiley a fifth round pick i don't expect him to catch that one well and also the throw couldn't i mean it couldn't have been a better blocked play for malik willis like there's a like perfect pocket all day to throw nobody anywhere close to him a clear throwing lane nobody within you know what five yards of josh wiley and he throws a laser beam like, you know, three or four feet over Wiley's head. And look, Wiley jumps up. Could he have caught that ball? Yes, I think he could have caught that ball. Does it need to be anywhere close to that difficult when you've got a professional quarterback throwing to a wide open six foot seven wide inch open? Tight end? No, it should not be anywhere close to that difficult. That's got to be a throw that you put on his frame every single time. Like, and this is the point I made uh, after the uh, after the after that throw, and people were arguing me with me in the comments about like, oh, he's got to catch that ball. I, I don't care. Like, he, sure, maybe he could have caught it, maybe he should have, but you you are allowed to hold your quarterback who has aspirations of being an NFL starter to a standard that you wish a franchise quarterback to be. Like, you are allowed to hold him to that standard. You don't have to handhold him and explain away all of his mistakes. You are allowed to say, that's not good enough from a starting-level NFL quarterback. And it's not. That throw was not good enough. It was a bad throw. It was a bad mistake. You would say that about any quarterback in the league. So, that they would, if this me listen, with if the, Carson the went Willis apologizing. Throw. If Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield or any of these other guys that are on, listen, Trevor Lawrence missed that throw. They would be hammering as Titans fans, Trevor Lawrence. And there is no objectivity. And that's fine, I guess, because they are fans. 
But I want – so we kind of think – we know – I think we know they're keeping all three quarterbacks. But Pretty I think much. we both lean that quarterback two is possibly going to be Will Levis week one. Maybe Will Levis – or definitely Will Levis by the season's I, end. I think the way to frame it is – if Tannehill was to get hurt and not be able to start the next game, I think Levis would get the call. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about a tweet that I put out and an overarching theme of the entire week has been the special teams. And I put out a tweet and I'm going to read uh, an exchange with Jordan Gentile, Jordan GMTL on Twitter. Don't know if he listens to the show, but he popped in my mentions. And he, I go, Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, Craig Ackerman, and now Rand Carthon are showing every NFL, NCAA, high school, and aspiring coaching staff the proper way on how not to run special teams. It's been misstep after misstep, rotating kickers, lackluster returners, lack of coverage units, terrible. On stackingtheinbox.com, I wrote that they are being carried <laughs> by by the their legendary punters. They basically have done the Manning the Luck, the Favre to Rogers of punning. They went from Kern <laughs> to, to Stonehouse. This guy goes, Jordan, major overreaction here. We have a solid young punter, signed a solid free agent kicker, and have electric return guys. And I go, they have none of the last two you mentioned. He goes, typical negativity and overreaction from some of this fan base, always looking for negatives instead of seeing major positives. I said, I would like to travel to your earth on the multiverse you're living in to see what electric returners and solid kickers the Titans have there. He goes, it's called reality. And I go, then you're living in a different reality than the rest of us. Who is the electric returners you speak of? Try positivity for a change. Have a good one. <laughs> that is his response. So Couldn't never names name. a name. Never names a name. Okay. And Michael Badgley is Randy Bullock, who is who is yes. you know all these other guys. They're all the same guy, and they're not getting any better. And I don't know if you saw, but it's the Tennessee Titans and the art of self destruction, because the Tennessee Titans have continued year after year after year after year to putting themselves. In this position, and I tweeted out later. Uh, I think I was uh, commenting on a Will Lomas tweet uh, or X, and I said, uh, "He goes, oh, it's great to bring in Michael Badgley or blah blah blah." And I say, I, I agree, it's really great because now instead of knowing going through the will he or won't he make it on game days, we'll just know that he won't make it because unfortunately, if you're outside, which is where the Tennessee Tides play the majority of their games. He stinks. Well, he can make them all in the dome in the practice in the practice squad bubble, though. But he's just a guy. And the Titans, the way they play football, and I wrote about this back in the inbox.com. The way they play football, you can't have just a guy. You have to have someone slightly better than just a guy because you need someone that can go out there from over 50 yards or at least give you the option. Like Randy Bullock over 50 yards, they're scared shitless. They're they're just probably going to punt it. The same with probably Caleb Shudek and Trey Wolf, right? If they had stayed on the team. Same with Michael Badgley. You need a guy that can threaten and give you the actual option instead of taking an option off the table for you. Michael Badgley's not that guy. 
I'm sick of Craig Ackerman. His press conferences drive me insane because I just feel like I just don't know if he knows how to coach or knows that he's supposed to coach. Like, it just it doesn't seem like there's any kind of plan. He's just like, okay, well, I got this collection of guys. Here's who I can play on special teams. Well, I think I'll just put you here, you here, you here, you here, you here. Hopefully it works out. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I think the Titans' handling of the kicker situation, ever since Ryan Suckup got hurt, basically, has been absolutely miserable. Like, you know, they obviously Suckup getting hurt kind of threw a wrench in their plans there to some degree, because I think Suckup was still going to be their kicker for at least a couple more years. But then they've, they've turned into this strategy of like, we're just going to bring a couple young, crappy kickers and see if one of them maybe actually turns out to be good. But, uh, but and everybody year. has said that went to practice, right? Like after a yeah. week of watching them, you guys are all like, uh, none of these guys are good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were okay. Like they've been like somewhat consistent in practice, but then like, like I said, like it's totally different when you go into a game um, and you have, you know, you don't have all day to think about the kick. You're not, you know, you, you've got to run onto the field. You've got to, get out there you got to take the kick and you've got some sort of pressure on you if not for like whether it's it's you know i don't think the crowd noise is that big of a deal but the fact that it's on tv the fact that there's a bunch of people in the stadium the fact that you know it's it's a important kick even in preseason to your career um there's a, just a lot more pressure on the situation and i think kicking is just like 99% mental like i think everybody in the NFL for the most part, with the exception of Randy Bullock, uh, has a big enough leg to make, you know, a 50-yard NFL field goal. But it's whether or not you can do it consistently that separates whether you're actually really good or you're terrible. Um, so I, I think it's just one of those um, – they, they just have – they've tried to go cheap with it. They've tried to get by with, like, try and Tucker McCann. Try – let's try, you know, Shudak. Let's try, you know – 10 other, you know, name, you know, unnamed kickers that have come through here and been bad um, over the past five years. And I just wish they would eventually just say, all right, well, instead of taking a defensive back that's not going to make the roster in the seventh or, or sixth round, yep. let's just take the best kicker, you know, coming out of college and see if maybe that works out better. See if we can find an Evan McPherson. Um, you know, and look, there are Rodrigo Blankenships, who sucks, by the way. And and I know everyone keeps saying sign him because he SEC. went to Georgia SEC. and all that. But Rodrigo Blankenship has sucked at the NFL level. He's no better than Badgley. He's no better than Bullock. He's probably worse than both of them. I, to be yeah, I'd almost you. guarantee you he's actually worse if you look at percentages. But um, it, it's you've got to actually I – mean, it's not a – guarantee that if you draft the kicker it's going to work out but you have a better shot at it than if you just sign some scrap heap guy um and they've just tried to get by with signing scrap heap guys for they've done long. it now three times right i mean you're talking about tucker mccann you're talking about caleb shudak and trey wolf three udfas that's not working and i don't like the trend that rank carthon has apparently been infected with this anti-special teams you know virus that's going around like ST19 over here. Um, they, I, I don't like that he's following into the same trap and the same trend as what was previously done because at this point, your two common denominators are down to Mike Vrabel and Craig Ackerman. And Mike Vrabel's not going anywhere, but by God, you need to get someone in there that can actually coach and teach 
and provide knowledge to help these kickers instead of, because they had to bring in that kicking specialist, right? Because yeah. Craig Ackerman couldn't even do that. And maybe he picked up a few tricks, but this is getting a little ridiculous. The returner situation is utterly ridiculous. And I know you can only work with what you're given, which is why I'm still perplexed of why Jacob Copeland out of all of the wide receivers who I thought they put, they did all of this work, right? All of this work in the pre in the off season leading up into the draft and Jacob Copeland, they, they put him through special teams drills. They brought him in for all these visits and all this stuff. And then he's the first one cut. And I'm thinking that that should be kind of like, shouldn't you keep him over a someone else to see what he does, at least as a returner. That's why I kind of think that Kyrus Jackson may be a good spot because like Kyle Phillips goes out. They don't put Mason Kinsey in first They put Kyrus Jackson. So to me, that tells you that Kyrus Jackson is ahead of the depth chart on there. I don't, I just don't like how they've handled it. And I don't like, and I said this on the football show on Monday. And don't forget, if you're listening right now, football show will be on shortly after this broadcast. So just stick on this YouTube channel, 440 Sports, if you're there. But how many teams I can know, I know that Tyler Lockett is like one team. So I know the Seattle Seahawks is like one of the teams. But how many teams put out one of their top three pass catchers as a returner on the punts? On the punts, it's got to be a pretty them, small number. And I think it's Kansas City's another one because I'm sure Miko Hardman did a couple, a few punt returns and all that kind of stuff. A very, very, very small number. And so I think it's ridiculous that they put out Kyle Phillips, and I think that they have to get a grip on the way they use and manage personnel and special teams. And I don't know if that's Mike Vrabel, Rand Carthon, or Craig Ackerman, but I think we know if you look at any, any metric that has to do with overall special teams performance or overall field goal or touchback performances, the only thing that they're going to be top rated in is punts. But you're talking about coverages, coverage units, field goal kicking, kickoff kicking, extra point kicking, you know, just overall special teams, when you add it all together, they're a bottom tier team and have been for almost, if I think for every year that Ackerman's been coached. And the funny thing is they, they had a major long snapper issue, right? Like whenever Bo Brinkley started to kind of fall apart there uh, towards the end. And then they, they addressed it. They went out and signed Morgan Cox, who was coming off of a pro bowl. And, you know, is one of the best long snappers in the game. I just don't understand why they, won't do that with kicker or even kicker turner like i I wouldn't mind spending the the 53rd spot on the roster on a really really good you know kick and punt returner like uh, give them two or three million dollars a year it's not like these guys are breaking the bank expensive like i mean you're you're talking like a guy like uh ray ray mcleod or a guy like um deandre carter for the chargers like they aren't gonna cost 10 million dollars a year like just go get some good ones and let's stop worrying every time the the guy has to catch a punt whether he's going to drop it and create a turnover that kills you you know yeah it's it's ridiculous it's it, they've just totally mismanaged it and it's now continuing into Rand Carthon's era so maybe hopefully i don't think the kicker's on this roster i, I think i i maybe michael badgley's is still on this roster all the way through till tomorrow but i think after tomorrow maybe he's gone they have 2 weeks essentially to find a new kicker and get them acclimated. I don't think it's going to be Michael Badgley week one. Yeah. I mean, I, I could totally see them cycling. I mean, Brabel almost said, you know, well, he's the kicker yeah. for today, you know, like we'll, we'll see. So, 
I, I think it's going to come down to Crosby, Gold, Robbie Gold, because I, I am su- very surprised they just haven't brought him in because, I mean, his connection to Rand Carthon. He's one of the first free agents Rand Carthon uh, and John Lynch signed in their San Francisco regime back in 2017. Um, or I think it's someone that's going to get cut from another team, which it could be like a Riley Patterson. I, I, if Chad Ryland gets cut, I'm not sure I'm bringing him in because apparently he's been awful in Patriots practice. But I, I think um, the Titans liked him. Uh, yeah, I, think I know, but they, they may need to start uh, looking at uh, the uh, other people's reports. Maybe they need to start looking at data. Like, I don't know where Sarah Bailey and Chad Brinker are in their uh, assessment of the team and ha- their data tools and their their all their projections and analysis. But I think special teams need to be where they start from because this is this is ridiculous. But uh, like a guy like Riley Patterson, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know where it's all at right now, and. I just know that I don't think the kicker's on this team, and I definitely don't think they're bringing back Shudak, and I definitely don't think about think they're bringing back uh, Trey Wolf, maybe on the practice squad when the practice squads are eligible to be put together. But none of them are making none of these three guys that they brought in so far are going to make the final fifty three, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of final fifty three, I think everybody's fallen into a trap with Caleb Murphy, and I don't think he's quite ready to take up a spot on the final 53. I think if you're think putting the, you together, I think they're falling in the David and any trap. I think the David and any, the Sam Roberson trap. I think if you're putting together the best 53 players, which is how they Vrabel says they want to put and put together. I don't think that Caleb Murphy is that. Now that does not mean I don't think Caleb Murphy is good or Caleb Murphy can't develop. I think there is a Tierra Tart like path where okay he doesn't make the team right away on the final fifty three and he's put on the practice squad and then he develops and he learns and he 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 expands his game to not just be a pass rusher he expands his game to be a run stopper a tackling machine and this and that then you bring him up like I'm not here to write off. Uh, anything with Caleb Murphy. I just don't think he's going to make the final 53. And your boy Kyle Pecco is not making the fucking final 53. I just need you to know that. He is not making the final 53. But he, he might your boy not, Julius to be, Chestnut to be honest, is. To be honest, I've, I did forget about Jaleel Johnson and... Um, uh, well, yeah, really just Jaleel Johnson. Because I don't think Naquan Jones is making it. Um, he can't. St- he's not healthy. He can't can't stay healthy. He wasn't healthy last year either, um, and didn't play well last year because of an injury, I believe. So I don't think he's making it. But um, anyways, I I don't I don't think Pecco is completely out of it. Really, my boy on the defensive line right now is Michael Dwumfor, um, which came out of nowhere because he just was signed last week, and then he was awesome against the Vikings. And I have no idea where that came from or if he's doing any of that in practice right now or, or what, but um, I'm very interested to watch him against the bike or against the Patriots. Uh, there, it's Derek Roberson, really not Sam Roberson. My That's bad. right. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I think Caleb Murphy's good. I think part of the reason I think Caleb Murphy makes the roster this year is because I mean, all he's got to do is beat out what Sam Aquanu and. Um, but uh, see, I don't think he's Thomas going Rush. to beat Sam O. Uh, and I don't know if they have to beat out Sam O 
because I think Danico Autry provides you so much flexibility and high that I think they may just keep three. Mm, that's light. That's light there. Though. What didn't they do that last year? Did, Did they? they? I don't think, I, I think they had four. I think they had four Check. at all times. Cause I mean, cause you also had like Demarcus Walker and Mario Edwards at times last year where like they, those guys really were, Outside linebackers, even if they were listed as defensive ends, they played on the edge. It was Ola that made it. Ola Adini made That's it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's Ola. your Ola Adini? It would be Sam Sam OK. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Sam Aquano OK, but I, I just – I think Murphy's got way more upside, and it sounds like, you know, he's doing all the right things. Jeffrey Simmons had the little – bit about murphy uh asking him like going and finding his ipad after practice and coming to find jeff simmons to ask him about a, a specific pra- practice rep and a call that he missed that simmons made and things like that and it seems like he's uh well liked by the staff well liked by his teammates um yeah and but those guys upside but he's, guys but he's don't, make, some juice. don't make the he's, team. he's shown some juice though like as, as a pass rusher and i think he's doing some special team stuff too so i mean I think his path is going to be if he's good enough to be trusted to play special teams. Because I, I don't think there's probably not snaps for him on defense as long as everyone's healthy. I think the only path would be an injury forces one of those other outside linebackers out of the game, and then you could get him into that rotation. But right now, I don't think there's any way he's playing uh, on defense so he's gonna have to be a special a good enough special teams player to make the roster yeah i mean let's look at the special team snaps for for right now so we got i'm going down thomas rush out of all the edges he's leads for two weeks with 17 and it looks like there's a possible 32 to be had uh see sam okay that is next up at 13 and caleb murphy has six I don't know, and, man. And, I think I think you're I think you're uh, holding on to this little, this one a little too much. I don't know. I I like Caleb Murphy. I hope he makes a roster because I think he's got some juice as a pass rusher. And and frankly, I think he could be a better pass rusher than Rashad Weaver, um, in pretty short order. Um, Avening asks, you know, do we know who has final say the fifty three? I think I think any decision could be safely say that Mike Vrabel's one A, Rand Carthon is one B. I think that's how you got to look at it. Yeah. Like Mike Vrabel's ultimately going to get the final 53 say, but it's not going to be like, it's still going to be a, a little bit of a collaborative effort, but Mike Vrabel gets the tiebreaker. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think Vrabel li- likely has control over the 53 um, in this situation. And look, I do think Thomas Rush has a chance because Thomas Rush was paid pretty highly among the their UDFA class. I think he was second behind Ajukwu. Um, so it's, uh, there is, they do like him a little bit. And like you mentioned, he's playing a lot of special teams too, and he's a good athlete. So I I wouldn't rule out Thomas Rush making it. Um, honestly, I almost would kind of prefer them keep both Rush and, uh, Murphy over Aquanu. Um, I just, I I don't know that Aquanu has got a ton of upside, uh, like those other two guys do. All right. Well, we got that handled. So we, I just real quick, cause I don't want to get too deep into this, but you put out a tweet or an X basically saying that the, even though if it's just Deandre Hopkins and Ryan Tannehill, that's still better than anything they had last year. And I fully agree. And 
everybody right now should put to put aside their worries that the connection and chemistry between Ryan Tannehill and DeAndre Hopkins does not exist or won't be there. Okay, so it's this isn't a Julio Jones situation. This isn't a Andre Johnson or any but any other guys Robert Woods that you want to bring in. Does not mean that nothing can happen to DeAndre Hopkins or nothing can happen to Ryan Tannehill health wise. It just means that their connection is off the charts. And I, and we're going to be talking about this on Monday on the football show, a little preview. Like, what is worst case scenario? And I feel like DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill, and Derrick Henry on week one, if that's them and you still got Chig, and if those are your four guys, I still think they beat the Saints. Like, I still think this is a team that can compete every week and score points. I, I definitely think they – I think Hopkins is – I think Hopkins has shown everything that you needed to see from him during camp um, to believe that he still has juice, that he still can be that guy, um, and that, that Tannehill seems to love throwing to him. Um, and, you know, I, I think that relationship has gotten off to a really good start. And I think that's important, and, and I think you'll see that. And and frankly, if Burks is not going to play against the Saints, I think Hopkins is going to get a ton of targets. I think he's going to get a ton of targets anyways, but I think to- Hopkins is going to get see a lot of the ball early in the season um, and help balance out, hopefully, some of this, this, you know, the running game and everything like that. But, yeah, you, you start to sprinkle in Spears, Chig, um, you've got some playmakers and look, a guy like Chris Moore isn't exciting, but like, do I trust him to be in the right spot and to be able to run around and make a catch? Yes, I do. I, I trust him to be able to do that. Um, and if the focus is so much on Hopkins, then you should see some better opportunities for those other guys. Um, and look, NWI too, like in NWI, I know people hate him. Um, you you I, thought he was, he may not even make the roster at one point. Well, I, I, I still don't know that it's necessarily guaranteed, but I think he's it's a uh, lock. I wish I had a lock I think, I think I it's very likely. Noise. I think it's like 92%. Um, 100%. But he is, uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's reliable. If you had to play him uh, in a game, you'd do worse. Like we've seen him have good games before. So it's, uh, I think they're going to be just fine until Burks and Phillips comes back. And, and look, this whole thing, like, I think well, Burks the is Titans, back by week one. I, I, now, I guess I'm in the minority. I think he's playing week one. Burks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I think there's a pretty strong chance that that happens. I think it's almost 50-50, like, either way. Um, I, I definitely think that there's enough out there that they can get by. And also, I think, like, these people that want to sign Jarvis Landry now and stuff like that and bring him in, like, two weeks before the season starts um, and put his old ass out there, like – we do not like what are we doing here like i know you've heard of him what has he done in the last year to make you think that he's better than chris moore or uh or nwi or even like reggie roberson like you know what i mean like he's on the decline he was bad last year nobody wants to sign him he's just still sitting out there waiting for somebody to call there's a reason for that it's not that he's like secretly still awesome and and you're going to get vintage jarvis landry uh, for two or three weeks, if you sign him, he sucks. He's gone. He's he's in Kenny Galladay. Don't even get me started. Like somebody threw out Kenny Galladay. 
what a waste of money that would be. Yeah. Like it, it, he didn't even want to try in New York after getting paid like crazy. So, oh my gosh, she's people. Um, it's we've got I'm to okay stop. with we've waiting and seeing what the list looks like after free after all these cuts because yeah. I think there if will you, be some names that you can get to. Maybe there's always some surprise who's on cuts as well. Right now, though, yeah. not some guy who's He's, sitting on the free agents could just couch. go to hell, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, okay, real quick preview for the game this week. I'm going to ask you some questions. Will Will Levis play? Yes. Okay. Will Will Levis take over as quarterback two by the end of this game? Will everybody be able to definitively say Will Levis quarterback two? I think everyone's opinion will be that he is quarterback two. I don't know if we'll be able to say definitively that the team has him as quarterback two. Okay. How many kicks will Michael Badgley miss? One. Okay. Will he kick it out of bounds at some point? Like, uh, yes. We'll, we'll say yes. One kick out <laughs> oh, of bounds. I like one it. Miss. I like it. Yeah. Uh, will Ryan Stonehouse's accuracy be any better this week? Mm, sure. Yeah. Okay. Who is the return? Who will who will become after this game? After this game, this person X player is the punt returner heading into uh, the fifty three man cuts. I'm going to say Kyrus Jackson. Okay. This player that ever, this player will be, and this may be the same answer, wide receiver six. Reggie Roberson. The Titans will carry how many tight ends? Four. Okay. And the fourth will be Odequoia. Okay. The Hassan Haskins, will he or won't he make the team and I'm going to do Hassan Haskins and Monty Rice. I'm going to say both do not make the team. Uh, I agree. I agree. Man, that's going to be in shambles. Sorry, Stone. I know you're a big uh, Monty Rice believer. Big Rice head. Um, big Rice head. Um, I think that that's about it. Uh, will Eric Gare do enough to make the team? I think so. I, th- I think I, so? I think because I think he's going to be able to be a gunner. I think he's also an option as a punt returner. Um, and that, that's one guy I think, I know I said Kyrus Jackson, but I, I kind of think, uh, Gare is the next guy in that list because I think he could, you could put him on the roster and he could do a lot of things for you on special teams, including returning punts. So I, I think he's going to end up making the roster because he's a really good special teams guy, in my opinion. Well, that will do it for us. Thank you for joining. Listen, in 30 minutes or less than 30 minutes, I'll be on a football show. We'll be talking about these more special teams hubers from Braden's perspective. We're going to get his in-camp reports on Malik Wills' slump. We're going to talk about if it's because of the Vikings game. Maybe he's just in his head at this point. We're going to also be talking about week zero is here. The game played in Ireland. Notre Dame is playing in Ireland, which is going to be awesome. It's, It's at a decent hour as well. Then Vanderbilt is also playing this weekend. Some good football. College football's back. Week zero, which is technically should be week one. We're going to talk more in depth about the DeAndre Hopkins and Ryan Tannehill stuff. We only were able to touch on it a little bit here. And then we're going to preview more in depth the uh, Patriots game coming up. That's a football show. If you're on watching this, it'll be on Twitter. But also, just subscribe. Turn on your notifications for 440 Sports YouTube page. And then you'll get to know every time someone goes live. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Bluegrass Beverages. September 2nd, their Beer Fest tailgating experience, food trucks, beers, local breweries. The game will be on. It's going to be a fantastic thing. Bluegrass Beverages in Hendersonville, Tennessee. 
I'll be up there. Uh, and I think Braden will be up there as well. Uh, I don't know who will else will be joining us. We're, we're, we're working through that. Maybe an appearance for Mike. I don't know. But we're working we'll through see. that. We'll see. we'll see. But we're working through all of that. But it will be a good time. So please show up to that. Uh, September 2nd, Bluegrass Beverages in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Our wonderful, amazing sponsors. For Mike, you can follow him on X at MyKerndonNFL. I'm Zach Klein. You follow me on Twitter. Damn it. On X at FWordsPod. I almost I got it. nailed yours, did not nail mine. Yeah. But this has been Football and Other F-Words, and you have just been F.